Yeah, I've had girls send me really, really nice messages um, to say that they're so grateful that I've even started sharing because if I didn't start sharing, then they wouldn't have known that they needed to think about those types of things in life, which I think for me, that's that's my goal, right? Is to share so I can plant a seed and I'm not the answer, but they need to go and look for what the answer is because it's not a one size fits all. This is Down to Earth Conversations, where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Kia ora. Welcome to another episode of Down to Earth Conversations. I'm the host of the podcast, Andy Dixon. Thanks for joining me. If you're new to the podcast, a special welcome to you. The gist of it all is that there are some awesomely ordinary people living their lives in a way that make a difference in the world, or as I like to say, helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. If you like this episode, please share it with friends and family, post it to your socials, Your recommendations are the way this podcast is growing, and so I appreciate all of those who have shared episodes already. Today I have the pleasure of sharing my conversation with Courtney Manu. Courtney is your typical mum, wife, and business owner who just happens to have 13,000 followers on Instagram, and she built that following around helping people become aware of ways to become confident with their finances, beginning by sharing her and Sam's own journey out of debt. We talk about social media, debt, vulnerability, investment, generosity, and how family fits into all of this. It's another fantastic conversation. This is episode 35 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Courtney Manu. Kia ora Courtney Manu, good to have you on the podcast. Thanks, good to be here. I'm quite excited. Uh, why don't you start by telling us, who is Courtney Manu? Cool. So, um, oh, I don't know, I wear a few different hats, but I guess the normal everyday Courtney Manu is a mum. I've got three kids, um, a seven, five and a one and a half year old. I have been married now for eight years to a wonderful tradie man um, who works very hard. We own our own small business in the beautiful Manawatu. Um, So we're in the plastering trade, so construction. And um, previous to us having our small business, both of us worked full time, just your average Kiwi family. Um, I'm part Fijian, so culture is a massive thing for me in my house. Um, We weren't brought up quite cultural, but we try to emphasise that and learn from our parents now Mm. what we didn't learn back then and teach it to our kids. Um, Yeah, so, um, and then obviously now I've got a bit of a platform that I'm trying to grow or have tried to grow over the years. I'm sharing about financial literacy and capability. So, yeah, I suppose in a nutshell, those are a few things about me. Mm. I'm sure we'll learn more as we go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like you say, you've got a bit of a platform, you've got a social media following and people get into that for all sorts of reasons or, you know, there's people doing makeup tutorials, there's, yeah. you know, that gain big followings, things like, or what did you put forward that got people interested? Yeah, cool. So um, originally, I've actually been doing it for like years. Um, originally, I started off just sharing like your normal mum content. Um, I was a young mum. Yeah. Well, I thought I was a young mum, pregnant yeah. at 19. <laughs> And um, kind of like you know, trying to work out what I, what I was what I was doing, um, who I was. I worked full time. Um, both of my young, my oldest two kids, 
I worked from pretty much when I was when they were like 12 weeks old because back then the parental leave policy was quite small and not in favor of mums um so my husband was a stay-at-home dad for our oldest child so I started sharing you know the full what it looked like to be a full-time working mum with very young children nothing really cranked off then I suppose there were lots of mums doing that and that was fine I wasn't in it for fame or I wasn't in it to do anything like that I was just in it to be relatable yeah yeah so that's how I started um but then I my husband and I we got married and um I think we started to realize that actually with children comes responsibility um so we had to kind of quickly move quite fast um and make some life decisions that kind of were either going to make us or break us I guess as adults and so Mm. We, um, a little late in our married journey, I think maybe two years in, we decided to do a, a money management course at Te Wānanga o Aotearoa. And when we did it, I realised, oh my gosh, there's so much information in this course that is lacking in terms of just being out there on general platforms. Yeah. Like no one's talking about getting ahead or being financially capable or how to do it or where to start. And it's really putting a lot of people on the back foot because, I mean, I didn't get it in high school. I don't know about yourself, Andy, but um, yeah, yeah, I definitely didn't get it in high school. And being a young mum, I think if I'd had some information earlier, I would have known how to deal with some things in life a lot earlier and maybe becoming a mum or becoming a wife all at the same time wouldn't have been so stressful. So I started sharing and – Within a year, I pretty much went from like 700 followers to just over seven, 8,000. And it grew quite quickly. I didn't really know how to cope with it or what to do or how to yeah. deal with it. Um, because I think for me, it was less about the fame. I, I don't, you can't really call it fame. Yeah. It's not that many people. But how do I put it? It was less about having so many people follow me and more about the responsibility of having that many people follow yeah. me and the type of information that I'm yeah. sharing. Yeah, you know, like... I really wanted to make it meaningful. I wanted to make it educational. I wanted to make it informative. I wanted Mm. to be an inspirational person that people could look to for not advice because I can't give financial advice, but an opinion on how people can get ahead and how we can all get ahead together because I'm a massive believer that um, if I'm going to get ahead, I can actually take all my friends that want to go with me with me. We can all get success together. It doesn't have to look the same. But if I can share some of my knowledge and we can all move, you know, in the same direction, we might get there at different stages and different phases in life, um, but we can all get there at some point. And so I think for me, that's when things started to take off and the momentum started to grow because I think people could tell that I was genuinely in it to, and I always have been and always will be, I'm genuinely in it to see people thrive. I'm genuinely in it to see people get ahead. And I try to do justice to that, albeit since I had Eden a year and a half ago, there's been a lack of content, but um, it'll yeah. come back. It'll get Which there. Which is totally understandable. Yeah. <laughs> Young ones are hard. <laughs> yeah. I love the whole ethos of that. It's not about how many followers you've got, but it's about what you use your platform for. And I guess that's the same as I'm trying to do with the podcast, you know, that yes, I'd like more people to follow it, but not because that will give me an ego, but because actually yeah. then I just am able to encourage more people, you know. Exactly. Um, that and be a help to more people and exactly. and I, I mean I, even watching your content I can see that in you as well that that actually this isn't about you being some sort of famous celebrity this is about you going actually I, I feel like I've got something to offer here and yeah actually I can see a gap where there isn't someone offering this sort of stuff and you're right like I 
I mean, high school, I don't think we really ever talked about money. Not that no. I can remember anyway. Same. I mean, I, I used to work in tertiary education on a sport degree and we would have uh, we would have as, uh, assignments where students would have to work in groups and they would have to come up with a budget yeah. uh, for a particular project and things. And just watching so many of them, so many of them looked like they were barely treading water because they just... They had no idea what to do. Yeah, uh, and that's at that's at tertiary level, you know, and and thinking, well, why don't we, why don't we teach this stuff to our kids? You know, why isn't this something that's normal or that's part of our education program? Yeah, um, yeah, I still, I, yeah. I still struggle to understand why. Like, I mean, I understand why we have all the primary subjects that we have in high school, and I totally get that. Um, but I still struggle to understand even now why there's no importance of it given our poverty levels in New Zealand, given yeah. the you know demographics that we've got in New Zealand and the amount of people that require support. It still baffles yeah. me that we don't we don't have even like a short term course or a terms paper that allows students to study this stuff to become financially capable so that they can move into the yeah. world with even a tiny bit of confidence. Yeah. I know we're working towards it as a nation, but it's just not quick enough, you know, and with now two lockdowns in New Zealand over two years, like I'm just like, it's, things are only going to get worse. And yeah, okay, they say that our economy's getting better um, and we are resilient in terms of how we bounce back, but I'm sure we won't see the flow and effects for a few years now and those flow and effects will affect our kids and that's when we will start to see the true, you know, impact of what COVID has actually done to us. So, yeah, I do. It, it does strike me as a problem, um, and a problem that I'm trying to like constantly have conversations with people about that can do something about it. But it's we're we're on a yeah. long journey, I think. <laughs> yeah. So one of the other things you did early on in this um, with your platform is that you shared your journey of getting out of debt. Do you want to tell us a bit about that and and why you decided to do that so publicly? Yeah, sure. So I think for me, a massive part of, I guess the negative part of a financial journey is debt. Um, A lot of people, like I talked about it as our like dirty little secret kind of thing, um, because it is like debt comes with shame um, because obviously there's an affordability factor. So when you have debt, it's normally because you can't afford something in cash um, and so for me, being able to shed some light on the fact that actually, okay, your debt is bad. Well, most debt is bad. There are good forms of debt. Yeah. But being able to share the fact that everybody has debt and that there are ways that you can proactively get rid of it and manage it better, um, is a, it was yeah. really important to me to share and be educational about as I did it. So I pretty much took, um, mm. I calculated all our debt pretty much and put it up on my platform, which is quite a <laughs> um, a vulnerable very thing. Vulnerable yeah, thing. it's very vulnerable mm. thing to do. It's like putting your undies on the line and your neighbours seeing them. Um, <laughs> it's yeah. quite, you know, it's quite a shameful <laughs> thing. However, yeah. I wanted people to realise that it's actually not a shameful thing and that yeah. um, it's something that we can have conversations with our friends, family, neighbours, you know, people about so that other people can give you advice on how to get ahead because if I hadn't gone and found or sought advice on how to get ahead, like that debt would have cost me thousands more than what it would have originally cost me. So I started sharing how we paid it off, um, what we did each month to be able to lower the number. And as each month went on, I'd share the new number. We had a goal to pay off our debt. We didn't have a lot of, I wouldn't say like in terms of what I've seen debt wise um, around, we didn't have heaps. We had about, I think it was 17,000. Um, it was like a car, some 
you know, glasses that cost me $700, which I shouldn't have bought anyway. I could have bought cheaper ones. Just some like silly yeah. things that, you know, I could have managed better. Um, so I just put them out there and I told people pretty much how we pay them off, but also how to look at your terms and conditions, how to look at your debt and be like, right, this one here, I should pay off quicker than this one because this is costing me more. Um, and that just enabled people to look at their own debt and think smarter about how they manage theirs because I think no one talks about that stuff. We talk about shares and how to get ahead and how to buy shares and how to invest your money but no one really really talks about that other side of things which is actually how do you get out of debt to be able to even think about investment um how to get to that other side because i mean a lot of the times when you think about and even like afterpay and lay by i know a lot of people use it as a way to budget their money or to manage their money and to be able to afford things um but it can be something that actually stops you from you know Mm -hmm. doing those types of things if you were if you were proactively budgeting you actually wouldn't need those platforms and um I think they're great platforms if you're using them in the right way because, you know, sometimes you do actually, you do need them. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I, I like, I mean, I had hundreds of dollars in lay-by <laughs> that I would do after pay yeah. that I just thought was so normal. Um, but when you think about it and the way that the banks look at it and the way that the banks will look at your, you know, overall spending, they're not looking at it in terms of, okay, how is this person, you know, where does their money go? They're actually looking at it to look at what your downfalls are and where they can catch you out so they don't have to loan to you or they don't have to give you money um so sam and i we've got good debt now we've got um well what i consider good debt we've got a credit card that we use positively um we make sure that it's always paid off we're always getting to the minimum payments and we're using it to gain rewards points which allows us to pretty much use the bank's money um so that we can gain extra money to buy other things that are essential to us like kids clothes you know um christmas presents things like that that we um, don't try to spend too much on, but still want our kids to have what we probably didn't have when we grew up. So um, there are things yep. of good debt. Not all debt is bad debt, but being able to shed a light on what mm. those look like and how people can get ahead, that's how the whole journey started for us. And I think people really, they resonated with that because, again, yeah. like everyone's got it. Like, I mean, you can't tell me someone who doesn't have it or hasn't had it before. And, you know, if you're coming straight out yeah. of high school, and you're getting a rent or like you're trying to rent people sometimes even loan to get their bond like because they just don't know how else to get money so it was just teaching people how to manage that if you are going to get that bond so that you can go out and get into the rental market and you're loaning that money from the bank how do you effectively manage that so you can pay it off quicker so it's not sitting over your head for years so just things like that I think is yeah why I started the platform just to help people get ahead and really share that you can trust me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How much different is your life now than before you did that course? So much different. Like I can't even, I'm, we're sitting here in lockdown and we've got a business, as I mentioned earlier, we've got two employees who we absolutely adore. And, um, we like obviously have a responsibility to continue to pay those employees over this lockdown, which is a massive responsibility. You're not only looking after your own family and your own kids, but you're looking after someone else's family and their kids and making sure that they've got a roof over their heads over this time as well. And so being able to be in a financial position where I can support other people, that means a lot to me because I can effectively help them get ahead in their lives. Mm. We have already, um, so for Christmas, we put money aside. It's only $25 a week. We do it into a pack and save Christmas club card. 
so I think you can do them pretty much, you know, like the classic old Crisco's one. Um, yeah. yeah, but we do it with Pack and Save because we love our local Pack and Save. And um, so we've done it there. And at Christmas time, we'll have enough money to be able to cover us and maybe a couple other families if we needed to. Um, so just yeah, being awesome. able, yeah, just being able to effectively plan like that. Most of the Christmas presents, mm. uh, like normally I'd be stressing at Christmas time. This Christmas, uh, like even in lockdown, I've already done most of our Christmas shopping. It's pretty much done. Like just wow. being able to effectively plan like that. It's being financially yeah. capable, not even not stable. It's not even about that. It's just being financially capable. So understanding my financial situation has allowed me to really plan for the future so that I can yeah. give my kids something that I didn't have. And it doesn't mean that I'm giving them more than what I had. I'm not trying to give them, yeah. you know, the world. I'm just trying to give yeah. them the basics and do it in a savvy way that allows me to yeah. have more to be, you know, to be able to give more. I, my mum used to say to me growing up, um, when she used to be like, I really want you to be rich one day. And I'd be like, I don't want to be rich. What does rich give? It doesn't give me happiness. It doesn't, can't buy me happiness or anything like yeah. that. And she would always say to me, it won't buy you happiness, but it will give you the opportunity to help other people. And that's what you should yeah. do it for. And it's mm. not like, I mean, I'm 28 now and it's only been this year that I've been like, oh my gosh, she was right. Like mm. money doesn't buy me happiness. It buys me stability. And yeah. I mean, there is some short-term happiness there but um it actually gives me a bigger opportunity to be able to provide for people out there that don't have the opportunity to do that for themselves and do it in a a way that I like I don't need to blow my trumpet about it I can just do it without even thinking mm. and that's what I'm in it for to teach my kid those kids those morals and those ethics about you know this is why we're yeah. doing it we're not doing it for ourselves we're actually doing it for the bigger community type thing so Honestly, I can't yeah. thank my past self enough. Yeah, awesome. I, I love that um, that idea about being generous. I guess a misconception that I've heard in the past is that if you get all into budgeting and everything, you end up being tight. Yeah. <laughs> I've found the opposite of that, that actually knowing where your money is gives yeah. you more opportunity to be generous. Exactly. Um, actually, a, a funny story, when, when Bex and I got engaged, we... Um, put our money together to save for the wedding. Yeah. And of course, having a joint joint bank account now meant, well, we had to agree on what we were going to spend that joint money on. Um, and I'd grown up in a house where my mum's a budget advisor and my dad's an accountant. Oh, wow. And so so I, I had some skills. I guess I thought I was a real slacker because I wasn't doing it as well as my mum and dad. But it turned out that actually I was streaks ahead of most other people. Yeah. Um, whereas Bex had grown up never having done a budget in her life. And, yeah. Um, so we... We decided, okay, well, let's have a budget. And up till then, we hadn't actually, like, I'd, I'd stopped budgeting for a while. And, and um, Bex would say, oh, you know, let's go to the movies. And I'd be like, oh, you know, I don't know if I can afford it at the moment, you know, and whatever. And then we, we made this budget. And she wasn't convinced about making the budget, to be fair. Um, you know, this I had to do a lot of work going, no, let's do this. Yeah. And then she'd go, oh, let's go to the movies. And I'd look up and go, all right, there's, there's money in my entertainment budget. Great, let's go. And she'd be like, really? <laughs> You know, and she she felt this real freedom in this thing she thought was going to be really restrictive. Yeah. Um, the other benefit for us actually is is that we started budgeting and and um, we were talking about how much discretionary spending a week would have for spending on lunches and coffees and things like that. And you know, um, I'd suggested fifty, and she talked me up to seventy each for for buying lunches and things because yeah. she at that stage she was always buying a lunch when she was out and stuff. Um, <laughs> and then later that year we got married, and and four months after we got married we we both left our jobs and went to study together. 
and so the next year our discretionary spending was was five dollars a week each oh my goodness and um which was just hilarious thinking of it now that she'd taught me from 50 up to 70 and the, the next year we got down to <laughs> down five, five. <laughs> but we could do that because we'd spent that time working together on on the money thing and yeah and um we knew actually this is going to be okay you know we we can work at this we're going to have we, we had less than less than half of one of our incomes essentially we both left full-time jobs wow and ended up ended up with about a quarter of the income yeah survived the year earning like 300 and something dollars a week and paying ourselves out of some savings that we had that's crazy but yeah it was you know budgeting is one of those things that that actually brings some freedom with it you know that and I think that's like I say that's a huge misconception is that people think budgeting it makes you tighter but it actually in my experience makes you more free Um, yeah I I could not agree with that I couldn't agree with that more because honestly like I think and that's I always try to have that as my kind of selling point when I'm talking to people about their budgets I'm like well like wouldn't it be easier for you to know where your money's going so that you can know exactly mm. how much extra money you have to spend I mean I buy well now I do when I first started budgeting I didn't buy a coffee every day I do buy a coffee every day now but it's because I know where all my money's going so I can yeah. still enjoy the luxuries that I love about my life and yeah. um, but I can do it knowing that actually at Christmas time, I'm going to have money to be able to do my shopping for three months yeah. and not have to worry about that because, you know, you've managed your money so effectively that it's not a, a concern. It's actually a, a freedom yeah. for you. I, I Yeah, I couldn't like, – honestly, that's mm. – if, any, if anyone gets anything out of this podcast today, I hope it's that you're budgeting just to have some luxuries later on down the track. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about the debt side of things, we're – do you see that we could do better as a society to help people not end up in debt? Oh, wow. Hit me with the tough questions. Um, <laughs> I, there's a lot that we could do in terms of helping people understand their debt and their options. And um, I think a lot of it comes from when people sign up for their debts. As a society, I think we we rush people through these loan applications or we rush them through what their options are, essentially not giving them all the options. Um, yep. And I understand that banks do that for a reason, <laughs> and loan sharks do that for the re- for a reason. They want the highest interest rate totally. that they can get. But um, yep. at the same time, um, it's only going to negatively affect us. I mean, the more money we loan out, the less money we're going to have later on. Um, and with COVID and things like that, it's such a uh, it really worries me. Um, that we're not having conversations with our, you know, younger population about what their options are while they're in high school, what their options are, especially when they're working, um, to be able to save, to be able to put away, to be able to invest their money early while they have no other, you know, outgoings, teaching them how to invest and invest correctly, whether that's in KiwiSaver, whether it's in a ShareZ's fund, whether it's whatever it might be, so that they can make some passive income from an early age and then push that passive income into areas that will require them to spend money later but has been earning them money this whole time. Um, I went to a Colonel Investing seminar a couple of weeks ago just before lockdown. It was so good. Um, And they were talking about how financially and economically we've changed from – I don't know if you remember – is it Nigel Ladder did that video yeah. or the, that TV series and he did one on money and about how at compound interest, when you put your money into the bank, into a savings account, yeah. 
or term deposit, you know, you get 10% on it. Uh, that's really unrealistic now um, because you'd never exactly. get that. <laughs> it's like one, one point something. Yeah. yeah, you'd be lucky if you get yeah. 1% back over a certain amount of years. Yeah. And so um, talking about how, yeah, if, if you're saving money in a bank, you're actually going to lose money long term. And I think that's such a shift from what we're used to talking yeah, well, about, because I know, yeah, me growing up, my parents would say, put your money in a savings account, put your money in a savings account, yeah. you know, you'll always get your money back. Yeah. Whereas now, actually, you're not going to get anything back. The economy's changed, which means that our people yeah. will go into debt a lot earlier because they won't know how to invest or they don't know how to do it. And um, so, yeah, for me, it's less about talking about the whole debt culture. Um, even though I talk about that a lot, I think that helping people... Mm that are in that position now and giving them the educational tools to get out of it is really important. Yeah. But I think it's being yeah. more proactive on the other side with our younger people, which is what I'm really passionate about, and teaching yeah. them that actually while you have no outgoings and if you are making yeah. some kind of a, you know, incoming, if you've got some income stream already, learning how to manage that money and effectively mm. investing it somewhere that allows you to get a return for when you need that money is I, like, I wish someone had told me that earlier because if I'd known that earlier, yeah. I probably wouldn't have had as much debt as I did have and I wouldn't have got it as quick as I could. And so that for me, that's where I stand on that because yeah, I, like there's, we can be as reactive as we want to be, but if we can't be proactive to start with, then we're not being part of yeah. the solution at the moment. And just yeah. knowing that, you know, now you can't save any money in a savings account. I wonder how many young people out there realize that and how many people yeah. realize that they're actually going to lose money if they do that. Whereas if they invest their money and they find some smart ways of investing, which I mean, all the information is at the click of a fingertips. Now social media is out there. You've got shares, yeah. hatch, you know, you've got all these platforms that share how you can do things. And um, I think rather than watching Netflix, people should be, you know, educating themselves on how to do yeah. that. I, I'm a very, I'm a victim to Netflix, so I can put my hand up here and say <laughs> yeah. I need to be taking my own advice. But it is easy to fall victim yeah. <laughs> to that. But um, th like I said, information's out there. It's how you go yeah. about looking at looking for it, and then making sure that you're, you know, pretty much taking control of your your future, really. So yeah, that's that's where mm. I stand on all that. Yeah, cool. You've got this platform. You've you've been sharing these kind of, this kind of content. Apart from getting more followers, what sort of response have you received from people? Um, what sort of stories have you heard back from people? Oh, uh, well, I mean, first of all, if any of my followers out there are listening, they'll know that I'm horrible at replying to messages. Um, I'm forever sorry. <laughs> um, I am very busy. <laughs> but um, I've had some over the like last couple of years. I've had some pretty like big messages I can say like in terms of mm. when my followers message me to tell me some of the milestones they've hit I know that some awesome. of the girls that uh, that I know that have followed me have bought homes they've paid off debt they've done some pretty like pretty massive things just with a few small tools and understanding yeah. what their options are I don't try to present on my platform all the answers and um if I'm ever yeah. wrong you know I'm the first to admit that and put my hand up and be like okay yeah sorry my bad um my main objective is to share other platforms or to share other educational tools that yeah. allow them to get to success so whether that be great mortgage brokers or whether that be really great financial capability services um whatever yeah. that looks like my goal is to share that so that they can use those platforms and then gain their success but um yeah I've had girls 
purchase or families purchase homes before and they've messaged me to tell me oh we've just purchased our first home we're so excited or just send me really really nice messages um to say that they're so grateful that I've even started sharing because if I didn't start sharing then they wouldn't have known that they needed to think about those types of things in life which I think for me that's that's my goal right is to share so that so I can plant a seed and I'm not the answer but they need to go and look for what the answer is because it's not a one-size-fits-all And with money, um, it never really is. Some people follow me because they own a business. Some people follow me because of their personal financial situations. Um, Some people just follow me because they're mums, you know, like, and they're just wanting to learn how to meal prep better um, because I love meal prepping. That's something that I just (laughs) have always just loved doing. But, yeah, I suppose I don't really – and I don't really share messages that often when people send me messages like that because I think that's between, you know, me and – that person but I guess if I was ever to like screenshot them and put them somewhere they'd probably like my followers inspire me the most and um, I'm really really grateful that I have that many people following me because it actually also allows me to have a platform where I can create content um, for other businesses that also gives me an income stream so I'm very very grateful Mm. and my followers do give me like a lot of opportunity so I'm very grateful for everything that I've got through this platform it's been a blessing and I make really cool friends like for me Instagram's about being able to connect with cool small businesses and do my my piece to give back but also to create really cool friendships and I've created some really really cool friendships through this platform that I never thought would be possible with like-minded people and that's probably been my biggest like win from this whole thing is like yeah okay cool I can inspire people and I can make really cool friends that are like-minded that inspire me every day to be the best version of me kind of thing yeah that's great what other opportunities have you got from being like you started doing this uh, financial sharing and stuff Um, has that given you opportunities outside of Instagram any kind of work opportunities or things like that yeah, yeah. So um I obviously like on Instagram I do work um for businesses or I guess brands. So if brands approach me I do some work opportunity I do take on some work opportunity yeah. um where I will send like a media kit or I will charge to be posting and giving them the platform to advertise on my platform. Yeah. Um but outside of that, um Probably one of my most exciting opportunities that I've had is to be able to serve on one of our local um, financial capability services. So Manawatu Home Budgeting Service in our local town, they're a small charity that um, does financial capability one-on-one sessions and group sessions with, you know, different organisations, high schools, um, heaps of different things. And um, so I'm now on the board with like five other people and um, just being able to be part of that has been really cool because I can actually give back to my community and I think the last year since I've had Eden I've spent pretty much yeah a year now on the board serving and being able to help them come up with their social media strategy work through what that looks like and how they can get their message out there and they're actually you know unlike me they're qualified financial mentors so (laughs) it's kind of cool to be able to give them yeah more more education around what social media looks like so that they can get on there and they can do their thing but actually we can all get you know spread the message quicker um, and do it in a more effective but also qualified way um, where I can yeah yeah, really work alongside them and do that I'm quite passionate about that as being in my community like Mm. 
that's something I try to share a lot on my platform about as well as like serving in our Pacifica community, but also in our yeah. financial capability space, trying to get people ahead as much as we can. Um, so mm. yeah, that's probably been my biggest opportunity. I mean, I've been yeah, invited cool. to speak at different um, events and do cool things like that. And I'm always grateful for those opportunities because I'm always like, why would you ask me? I'm just like this little person from Palmerston North. Like I've, I don't know what I have to add. Like, how can I add value to that? I honestly surround myself with people who I think are absolutely amazing. So I do often compare myself to them. And so when I think about those opportunities that I get, I'm like, why wouldn't you ask blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, so to get opportunities like that is also massive. But I think when it comes to serving my own community, I will never pass up an opportunity to be able to get my hands dirty and get right in there and be a part of that, you know, mission to hopefully <laughs> one day getting more of our message in many different languages to different people in our Pacifica community and to our high school kids. Yeah. Last time I talked to you, you, you were doing something around Pacifica churches as well? Yeah, so there was um, there was previously a fund that went through PGF, um, so it's government organisation. They do, um, it was through Ministry of Business and Innovation, doing some funding towards Pacifica churches. So um, it was previously a funding pool that went specifically to um, local marais, which is really awesome, and they still do it for local marais. It's for repairing um, marais and being able to fix up marais, and so they give a certain amount of funding to be able to repair whatever it was that needed repairing. So they opened it up after COVID last year, or was it last year, a year and a half ago, um, to Pacifica Churches. Mm. And so here in Palmy, we got the opportunity to be part of that. Um, so currently I'm project managing one um, church here in Palmerston North that is getting some renovations done to be able to help our local Pacifica community be able to congregate and find a safe place here in our local town. Not all churches were approved, unfortunately, you know, there's only a certain amount of funds and with COVID and everything, you know, they can't always provide for everybody. Um, but the one church that we did manage to get across the line, you know, will get the opportunity to have a, you know, cooler place to be able to congregate and find as their safe place. For Pacific Islanders, church is our hub. Church traditionally is the place where we find the safest. It's the place where we connect, we, you know, mingle and we find solace so to be able to do yeah. that has been awesome it's been awesome to be able to connect with that community um and be able to project manage that obviously with COVID at the moment we're not doing anything so yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that was an awesome opportunity as well and I, th I think any opportunity for me to serve um as you know from our um sister sister event for me service is yeah. a really important part of my life and teaching my kids to serve in any way that they can. It doesn't have to be financial. It can be with your time um, is a really, really important factor for yeah. me um, yeah. and probably deeply ingrained from when I was younger. Um, but it's just an opportunity for you to you really do as you say you're going to do and show up for people that really need you to show up because I don't think I don't, these days not enough people do it genuinely and not enough yeah. people do it, you know, in, in general. Yeah, I love that you have uh, prioritised that serving and that giving, but also that you've, um, as you've become more savvy in your own financial skills and, um, you know, it's given you the ability to then pass that on to others. 
um, in terms of what the podcast is all about. You know, you're you're an ordinary mum who's going, hey, this this advice really helped me. You know, you guys should look into getting this advice too. Um, yeah. and, and I love that you're you're not trying to be the place where everyone has to come to get all of that. Whereas you're you're just helping people think about that well and go, right, there's there's actually resources. You know, you you'll need to do some work for yourself, but there are yeah. people out there who are willing to share that with you. When you look back and, and think of like your journey so far, um, what is it that you'd like to be remembered for? Oh, over the years, I have learnt um, that other people's opinion of me is not my business and it's not a fact because other people's opinion of me is based on what they see in their short snippets. They're not with me 24-7. You know, they're not – they don't fully know me because I haven't allowed yeah. them into that space. Um, but when I think of if there is anything that I want to leave behind or be known for, it's – for my kids really it's for them to know that I gave them every opportunity to do everything that they wanted to do but also to teach them to do everything that they say they're going to do to show up for their people to be loyal and to know that their mother always did that for them that I was always there a hundred percent whether I was working for them whether I was cooking for them whether I was you know inviting their friends over even though I didn't want to um whatever that looks like I think that's what I want to leave behind is that I did everything in my power to be the best mum and the best wife that I could be because my legacy carries on through these people. Um, these little people, they will become little versions of me and my husband. <laughs> um, yeah. Don't know whether that's fortunate or unfortunate, but <laughs> whatever <laughs> that looks like. Um, I think that's, for me, that's what I want to be, you know, like remembered I want people to remember that about me is that I was a bloody good mum and I chose to be that first and foremost, even though I love serving. Serving my family is the most important thing to me and I've learnt over the years that, especially through my own parents and through my husband's parents who have been absolute pillars in our journey, is that showing up for your family is like A1. You can't, there's... Yeah. No other way because you can you those people know you twenty four seven. Hey, like they're around you all the time. They see yeah. the real you, um, and if you're not the same you at home as you are when you're serving other people, then there's not really you know don't go serving other people if you ain't serving your own house first. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think that's that's it for me. Bit cliche, but hey, each no, to their great. own. <laughs> yeah. Um, if people wanted to connect with you to follow you, um, where do they go? Cool. So I am really only on Instagram, but I am the Manus, which is T H E M A N U S S. Um, and yeah, I'm like I mentioned earlier, I don't always respond to messages, but I am there and I am present. Um, I try to share a lot. You can find me on Instagram if you want to look me up on Facebook. I'm there too, but I'm not that active. Um, or you can check out Manua Two Home Budgeting Service, which is an awesome financial capability service free for you in the Manua Two. Or even if you're nationwide, we can zoom you in and get you some support too. And I'll put those in the show notes for people so they've got a nice easy link to find you. Cool. Uh, well, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of a lockdown with your family. Uh, to be able to have this conversation and thank you for sharing your life online in the ways that you do. I know so many people have been inspired by your journey out of debt, by your uh, being a mum and and sharing the resiliency and the uh, financial advice that you have gained. 
And so, yeah, thank you for what you're doing to help to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been nice to talk. Thanks, Courtney, for sharing your life with the world. Uh, the things that you learn about money, about business, about whānau. Uh, I really appreciate your genuineness and your willingness to categorically say family first, but then also your heart that allows you to plan your life to be generous to those around you. Here is a blessing for you. Courtney, as you continue to share your life on Instagram, may you receive far more than followers. May you receive joy and aroha as you hear of how your journey is helping the lives of others. As you continue to be vulnerable, may that vulnerability breed compassion in you and those you connect with. And may that energy spent in being vulnerable be returned to you in abundance as you make a difference in the world. As you make an effort to live a life of service and love, may your children grow to show the same spirit as their mum, knowing how to look after their own, but also give out to others expecting nothing back. May your business and your platform continue to flourish, even as lockdowns and the unpredictability of the world give you a setback or two. And lastly, in the midst of the busyness of family, business, Instagram, project managing, being on boards, along with the million other things that you get involved with, may you know joy and may you know rest. A chance just to be, being present for yourself, and your whānau, and giving you energy for the journey ahead. Thanks to Strawn for the music, and Rangi for the karakia. Uh, thanks to you all for listening. Like I said, please share these episodes if you find them helpful. Join me next time when I talk to founder of My Father's Barbers, and She Is Not Your Rehab, Matayo Matt Brown. We talk here art, vulnerability, anger, shame, being present, and so much more. Until then, me inoi tātou. E tō mātou matua i te rangi Kia tapu tō ingoa Kia tau mai tō rangatiratanga Kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua Kia rite anō ki tō te rangi Humai kia mātou ai nei E taroma mātou mō tēnei rā Muro mātou hara Me mātou hoki e muru nei I o te hunga E hara ana kia mātou Aua hoki mātou e kawea Kia whakawaia Engari whakorangia mātou I te kino Amen